This is Mary Lewis at A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Christine at Ginger Snap Vegan Bakery. Good morning, Christine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. The sun is shining. It's not really here, so <laughs> just... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It, is, it, is, it is here in uh, Lesore, Minnesota, and you are <laughs> where again? I'm in Moorhead, Minnesota. It's right across the river from Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, so you're uh, you're way northwest of me at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so tell me about yourself and Ginger Snap Vegan Bakery. Um, well, I am a registered um, cottage food producer in Minnesota. I started, I've kind of always had sort of an entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, and I've had a number of little home-based businesses. Um, I just love the process of creating and coming up with business ideas and things like that. Um, I have always really enjoyed baking and kind of working on new, you know, taking a recipe and making it my own, stuff like that. Um, I've always really loved that. And I'm sharing my baked goods with other people. So in, I guess in 2020, I, during when everyone was stuck at home, I decided to start up my little cottage bakery. And I am, I'm, I had been vegan for a couple of years at that point. And so it was kind of, obviously I wanted to do something totally vegan. Um, so I started out and it went pretty well. I then, I did take a break then for a while and, um, I reopened on March 1st of last year, 2023. And it's been going well since then. Um, I, I offer, let's see, I offer a variety of cookies, cupcakes and snack cakes. I do cinnamon rolls, some different brownies and bars. And then I'm planning on hopefully adding some new menu items this year that I'm working on. Fantastic. That's great. Um, Okay. So for the record, for anyone listening, I am absolutely not vegan. I I love my my eggs and I love my butter and, and all that. And I would have no idea where to start to to bake as a vegan. So tell me, tell me how you make goodies taste really, really good with all plant-based ingredients, because I really need to know. It's not hard to be honest. Um, and that's one thing I really love is when non-vegans eat my things and they have no idea it's vegan. Um, so that's, I love that. Um, it really isn't that hard. Um, give you some trade secrets, I guess. In cookies, you really don't need an egg replacement. And there are lots of um, vegan butters out there that are really good. Country Crock has a really good one, plant-based butter. Um, In cupcakes, what I do is I go back to basically a depression era recipe. They're called depression cakes or crazy cakes. Mm -hmm. And the leavening agent in those is um, a little bit of apple cider vinegar. And they turn out really great and moist, and the cupcakes are wonderful. Um, so it's, it's some things you can use a um, variety of egg replacements. Like um, I really like flax as an egg replacement. You um, just mix some ground flax with some water, and it helps bind in baked goods. Um, it kind of depends on what you're making, what you might want to use. People use a variety of different things. You can use um, applesauce sometimes, things like that. Or just a plant-based milk, something like that. It depends on what you're baking. Okay. I have made applesauce cookies that didn't have any mm-hmm. egg in them. And okay. 
they were they were great, but they were very cakey. They weren't cookie, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. And I've done pumpkin cookies the same mm-hmm. way and same thing. They're very um, mm-hmm. like if you push on them with your finger, they bounce back. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, you are going to get that more with applesauce or pumpkin in a cookie. If you want something that's chewier, you know, I'd recommend a flax egg, which is the one ta- tablespoon of ground flax mixed with three tablespoons of water is a replacement for one egg or you can just use like a plant-based milk instead of an egg like three tablespoons of that okay and then some kind of experimenting though on some recipes if you're creating your own so yeah and then my other big question is how are you making buttercream frosting without butter because i am a sucker for a good buttercream frosting yeah i use um a plant-based butter and then I do use um, part shortening because shortening, there's nothing animal-based in that. And that helps stabilize the the butter a little bit more so it doesn't get melty. Because the plant-based butters do tend to melt at a lower temperature, I, I've found, than a dairy butter. Okay, so if you couldn't get plant-based butter... What could you use instead? Because I keep hearing about how you can use the liquid from from canned beans to make a sort of frosting but or a whipped cream or something. I, I'm messing this up, but I keep seeing yeah, it. Yeah, that's um, aquafaba. That mm-hmm. is the liquid out of um, garbanzo beans or chickpeas, another name for them. And uh-huh. I, I don't do that in my items. Um, that People do that more like for... Um, to kind of as a meringue replacement you can whip it um stuff like that not so much for a buttercream frosting okay yeah i knew i was yeah. screwing it mm-hmm. up but i just i've been dying to ask someone who knows about mm-hmm. it how that works so yeah <laughs> and then you can also you know coconut oil is sometimes used as a replacement for a butter of course that has a lower melting point so it's going to you know melt at kind of room temperature often Mm-hmm. So if, if it's something refrigerated, sometimes people use coconut oil instead. Okay. And then um, I'm trying to think what else. I am assuming that you never use honey because honey is from bees and bees are creatures. They're not plants. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. So do you use maple syrup as a, a replacement for honey sometimes? Personally, I do in my own baking. I use quite okay. a bit of maple syrup. So, yes. Okay. You can yeah, also. I, uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like agave syrup is also a replacement. Sometimes a liquid sweetener replacement that people like. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I'm not even sure what to ask you. I, I racked my brain <laughs> last night as I was going to sleep. I'm like, what am I going to ask her? Because I know nothing about vegan cooking. My daughter was vegan for many, many years, and now mm-hmm. she's not. And she basically lived on on salads for mm-hmm. for quite a while, and I'm sure she made other things, but that was the thing that she mentioned a lot. And so, I'm I'm gonna pull the obvious out of my my hat here. I'm assuming that you do peanut butter things because peanut butter is a flavor that people love, and that is absolutely yes. based. Yes. Okay. And chocolate is plant-based, so that's not off the table. Right. I do um, chocolate chips 
um, usually have dairy in them. So you have to find a source of dairy-free chocolate chips. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, do, does dark chocolate have dairy in it? Usually not. So or often it, not. You, you definitely have to check the, your, all your labels. So Okay. All right. And <clears throat> is – Okay. I, I'm I'm trying really hard not to sound like a smart ass here because I really am not being one. Um, are people do people choose to be vegan because of allergies or food aversions or food reactions? And do they choose it because they don't want to eat anything that was once a living creature? Or um, why? Yeah. Why do people choose it, I guess? For both reasons. Um, there's, a, you know, or a combination of reasons. Um, personally, I started because I did not want to eat anything that had been living or came from something living. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of health benefits once I stopped, especially when I stopped eating from the, I think most of it was stopping eating dairy. Um, I think a lot of, GI issues that I had been having before that, dairy was contributing to those a lot. So I've actually felt a lot better. But some people, it's, you know, more of an ethical um, reason. Others, it's a health reason. And for me, personally, it's a combination of both. So everyone has, you know, their own different takes on it, you know, why they choose to be vegan. Okay. From what I've found. Okay. I didn't, I wasn't sure because for me, I am, I am not a huge fan of meat. Like my husband and my son would eat meat every meal, mm -hmm. every day. And I reach a point where I'm like, I just, I want a salad. I do not want anything right. that, that is a meat based dinner for a week. And I would eat salads for a week if I could. Mm -hmm. it, it, it won't work because we don't, we don't have salad in the house often enough to do that. I would have to literally go out of my way to do that. But there's, I don't know, there's something about meat where if you eat too much of it, your mouth says no. You're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I need something else. Right. And so, so when my daughter told me she was going to become vegan, I was like, good for you. <laughs> and she said, what? And I said, honey, I said, I'm not really a fan of chicken or beef or pork either. Mm -hmm. I, I eat it, but I don't love it. So let me know how that goes for you. And <laughs> she was in the best shape of her life. She was healthy. She was strong. And then she switched back to, to not being a vegan. And mm -hmm. she's, still, she's still healthy and strong, but in a different way. So right. I was just really curious about why people make the choices they make, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, my sister is vegetarian. I don't think she's vegan. And she also is very pro save the earth. And that's fine. I, I'm okay with this. But mm -hmm. she's so pro save the earth that a few years back, I talked to her before Christmas time. And I was very excited because we had gotten a live Christmas tree. And mm -hmm. She went off on a tangent about how how cutting trees was terrible for the earth and that if I really needed a Christmas tree, I should just get a fake one, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, will you please no. stop? Please stop. She's like, what? I said, look, the tree we got, they plant two more trees for every tree they cut. 
And it's right. Like, and a live Christmas tree is the only thing that makes it feel like Christmas for me. So right. don't don't begrudge me my Christmas tree. And she was like, okay. So we we agreed to disagree. And I don't even have to agree to disagree with anyone who's vegan because I do not like certain foods and will never, ever eat them. And mm-hmm. liver happens to be one of them, which happens to be meat, but I will never eat it. And so... That's my my choice. And if people don't want to eat meat at all, I am all good with that. So Right. Well good. So I don't want I don't want to alienate anybody by being like, oh vegan, <laughs> that's silly. It's not silly. It's absolutely not silly. So um so you were saying that people try your goodies and they don't even know they're vegan, and then you tell them and they're surprised. Right. Tell me, tell me the funniest one out of all that, or the most interesting story about that. Well, I don't know if I would call it funny, but I guess the one that I loved the most was um, my daughter got my daughter and son-in-law got married um, about a year and a half ago, and she's not vegan. They're not vegan, but they she wanted me to make cupcakes for their wedding, and so I did that, and. Um, Everybody was, you know, or a lot of people were going up to her and we were like, I love the cupcakes. They're so good. And she would say, oh, they're vegan. And they're like, no. And they just couldn't believe it. So that's probably, and she had a lot of people say that. And that's my favorite story about when I've baked for people who had no clue and just loved them to, because they thought they were good cupcakes. So... Yeah. Hey, a cupcake is a cupcake. If it tastes good, I'm all right. (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, so are you, are you still just at home baking or do you want to grow this into an actual freestanding business? Um, you know, in my wildest dreams, I would grow it into something bigger. Um, one of the reasons that I, do this little home-based business is because my youngest daughter has special needs. She's 15. And so it's been, it, her needs have made it, you know, not really feasible for me to work outside the home. So I have something at home that I can do. And it's probably best for me to keep it at home at least. And then, and then by the time that she'll be, you know, an adult, I'm getting to the age where I don't know if I want to venture into something really huge, you know, and take on something like that. But so for now, I'm really happy with where I am. I do want to look at expanding my menu offerings into more, you know, right now I don't do layer cakes or, you know, decorated cakes. I'd like to work on my decorating skills more and add that maybe later this year and just work on adding some more menu items. Um, You know, it would be ideal if the Minnesota cottage food laws would change and allow us to do some wholesaling. I would love that, you know, so I could sell in some stores, but that's not an option right now. So it's kind of just, um, play it by ear and see what happens over the next few years for now. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, the thing that I I am learning the older I get is that youth is utterly wasted on the young yeah, you were saying you were saying that by the time she's an adult, it's going to be kind of too late to go bigger. And you're not wrong. It, it's right. when you're in your twenties, you have boundless energy. You you feel like yes. you don't need you don't need to sleep. 
and you can just go and go and go until you crash. Right. And I'm telling you right now, once you get past 40, you, sleep <laughs> becomes becomes a priority. You know, you're not you're not willing to give up your six to eight hours of solid sleep to right. do almost anything. It's it's just not worth it anymore. I agree. So, I totally get that. And um, have you looked into the wholesale licensing? Is the thing that that makes it um, prohibitive? Is it the cost of getting into that? You know, I haven't at this point. It's more, you know, I've I've spent some years or quite a few years of my life, you know, trying to go 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 and do everything I possibly can in the hours that I have in the day, and I am just kind of to the point where I want to focus more on myself and my own well-being and my family's well-being and have some more downtime and not push myself so hard either. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. I, I hit that point about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, the kids are, are all fairly self-sufficient. Two of them were, maybe three of them were out of the house. There's four. Mm-hmm. And uh, the younger one was um, 12. 10 years ago. He's 22 now. And so I didn't have to be as on guard for the small children in my life because there weren't small right. children in my life anymore. And once that happened, I was like, oh, I can I can breathe for the first time mm-hmm. since 1989 when my right. first child, my daughter, was born. And I, I feel like as mothers, we, we basically hold our breath until they hit 18. Kind of. I agree. Yeah. And clearly we're not literally holding our breath or we'd be dead, but it's it's that constant hitching and and panicking and worrying that feels like you're always holding your breath, waiting for the thing to go wrong. Yes. I hear you. (laughs) if, If you're lucky, nothing major goes wrong. No one breaks a bone and no one stabs a sibling and no one dies (laughs) but there's always that thing in the back of your mind of am i doing this right are they okay are they safe right so so yeah i totally understand what you're saying you you hit a point where you realize that they are you have taught them what you can teach them and then they have to go figure it out and that's right. where I'm at. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's awesome when they hit that point. Right. And then you can focus on yourself a little bit, which is a, kind of a new thing. <laughs> yeah, and start a podcast oh. talking to other yeah, people. Yeah, I love that you have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm an avid podcast listener. And I love that you started your own podcast. So. I shouldn't. I should not say this. I am not an avid podcast listener. I no. <laughs> I have such a hard time listening to podcasts because within five minutes, unless it's something I am really interested in, I zone out because I'm like, I should be mm-hmm. doing this. I should be doing that. And I was listening back to a podcast this morning, so I get one out. And really great interview. And the cottage food producers are going to love it. But I was listening to it and... 10 minutes in, I was like, I should be getting the laundry switch. I should be doing dishes. And I was like, no, I should be focused on listening to this. So if there's anything I need to edit, I can do it. So, so as I was joking with my son this morning, I was like, so 
It's very funny that I really don't enjoy listening to podcasts, but I produce right. podcasts. Well, I do. I, I was yeah. say I listen when, when I'm baking or doing something else or when I'm on the treadmill or going for a walk, you know, when I'm doing other things. And I do kind of zone out sometimes and sometimes I have to hit that 30-second back button a few times and get the things that I missed. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I really, really love talking to everybody about what they're doing and how they do it and why they do it because I think it's really important, number one, for people to understand how much passion and love goes into what you do and what other people mm-hmm. do that I've talked to. Right. But also, it's really great because people may hear about what you're doing and be like, well, if she can do it, I could at least try to do it. If right. I'm interested in it. Right. And, and one of the people that I talked with last week or the week before said that they had learned things that they're going to try on their homestead from listening to one of the podcasts that I put out. And I was like, yes, that's the nice. point. That's yeah. how we do this. So, yeah. so do you, you love doing what you're doing? I do. I do. I'm, you know, I'm not saying there's times when I don't get a little stressed out, but I love the process of coming up with, you know, new things and trying new products and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And, and, um, you know, baking things for people that make them happy. Um, not all of my customers are vegan. Some of them just want the baked goods. And then some of them are, you know, moms with kids who have dairy or egg allergies and can't, um, you know, buy stuff off the shelf normally, you know, or in often in, regular bakeries. So they come to me. So I really love that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I really enjoy it. I do. Okay. Has there been anything that you have tried making maybe in your earlier days that you made and you were like, yeah, that's going in the dumpster because it just isn't good. Oh, plenty of times. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. The, but that's the how reason, you learn, so. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The reason I ask is back when my kids were younger, the older two were teens, I had been making mashed potatoes to go with dinner. Mm-hmm. And entire Dutch oven full of potatoes that had been boiled and drained for to feed the six of us. And I had smashed them. And then I had asked my, I think he was probably 12 at the time son to put a splash of milk in it so that I could I could make him mashed potatoes mm-hmm. and I already put the butter in and everything and so he grabbed the gallon of milk and put a a pour of milk not a a splash <laughs> and it basically turned into really watery mashed potatoes soup <laughs> yeah and I said okay never mind we we have bread we can we have bread with whatever we're having and so I left the potatoes sitting on the stove, burner off, and I came back out after dinner, and I was like, what am I going to do with this? And I looked up potato soup, because I figured mm-hmm. somebody had made potato soup, and there was probably a recipe. And I came across a recipe for, for a, a soup called Vamachka soup, and mm. it's a, a Minnesotan potato soup. And it's not, actually, I'm sure it's like from the Czech Republic right. somewhere, but, but it's a traditional Minnesota potato soup. And I was like, huh, I don't have pickling spices, but I have pickles in my fridge. 
which has the brine. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have carrots and I have celery and whatever. So I ended up turning that disaster of mashed potatoes into the yummiest soup I have had in, in my whole life. Oh, nice. And, and everybody in the house liked it. So so I did not have to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And I back then we were one income and four kids and two adults trying to trying to make it and eat and and eat well so throwing (laughs) food out was the absolute last resort right so when you have to throw food out it's it's fine but I love it when an oops in the kitchen turns into something that's really good because you you went I can't throw this out what can I make right So have you ever done that? Have you ever taken something that didn't quite turn out the way it was supposed to and been like, oh, I could use it in this? Um, I mean, I can't think of specific times, but you can always, you know, if a cake doesn't turn out, you can turn it into a trifle or cake pops or something like that. Um, You know, instead of the actual cake, things like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I try. I don't like throwing out food either, but sometimes it's not an option. Yeah. If it's actually burned, it's going in the trash. Or if it's too salty or too sweet or too bitter or whatever, you can't fix that. It's it's just not fixable. Yeah. If you forget the sugar in brownies or something like that. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) The only saving that is maybe... Maybe making a sauce that you you poke holes in the brownies right. and, <laughs> right. and even then it's probably not going to be great. Right. Um, okay. Well, I'm trying to think of something else, and I don't really have anything else. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would like to share about about how you feel about what you do? Um, I can't really think of anything. I'm just, you know, I didn't know how things were going to go when I reopened last March. I thought, well, maybe people won't remember me or want to come back. But I've been really, really happy with the response that I've gotten and all the support I've gotten from our, you know, we don't have a lot up in this area for um, vegan food options, you know, eating out. And um, so I'm happy to be one of those people in the community who offers that. I think you guys have more options down south in the metro area than we do up here. So I'm just, um, yeah. Yeah, there's almost too many options in, in the in the cities. We really? we are we yeah. are an hour. We're an hour southwest yeah. of Minneapolis, and yep. it's a little tiny town. The next town over is St. Peter, and then the okay. next town over is Mankato. And uh, I still have not made it to Mankato downtown proper i've only i've lived here for i've lived in minnesota for 30 something years i think now Mm -hmm. and i have been asking my husband if we can go to mankato proper for years and he's like Mm -hmm. we'll we'll go visit eventually and i now live half an hour from mankato i still haven't (laughs) actually been into the town the city of mankato I am assuming that there are many businesses there, but right now it's like Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat doesn't actually <laughs> exist. So, and um, there are some uh, cottage food producers in Lesore. There's a couple. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I need to get hold of her because I want to talk to her. And 
she has a Facebook page and I keep seeing her stuff and I'm like, oh, I've got to get hold of her because her stuff looks so good. Plus, I want to interview her, so I have to email her. But yes, the, the more dense the population of the town or the city the more opportunities there are for businesses to spring up and do well. And that makes for fantastic competition. But I'm pretty sure there aren't a whole lot of vegan bakers up where you are, which means that you're it. So if people want vegan goodies, you're the one they're going to go to. Yeah, there are a few people, you know, that offer some vegan options. But I, as far as I know, I'm the only one who's offering all vegan baked goods, you know, 100% vegan. So... I mean, all of yes. the items, you know, yeah. So. Yes, and some, yeah. sometimes it's good to be unique because that means that you are the only game in town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which which helps your bottom line, so that's, sure, that's it great. it does, it does, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the wholesale thing for the cottage food producers, I don't see that happening anytime right. soon. And right. I don't see I don't see us being allowed to ship our goods anytime soon either. Right. So yeah, you gotta you gotta stay local and maybe that's good because people are becoming even more focused on shopping local since COVID happened. Right. So so that and might too, help. Right. And too, if you're wholesaling, you know, your cost of your goods is gonna go up to the consumer, so it's kind of nice to Get them directly to the consumer and keep the prices reasonable in my in my mind. So I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, I'm going to tell a story I've told like six times already. Mm-hmm. It's 21 podcasts. Um, <laughs> we, we grow a huge garden and mm-hmm. we had, we had so many tomatoes this summer. And we donated bushels to the food shelf and we sold them at the Mm -hmm. farmer's market and we sold them at the farm stand here on the property. And no one had tomatoes. We were one of the first people to have garden grown tomatoes this year in the area. And people kept asking my husband, are your tomatoes ripe yet? Are your tomatoes ripe yet? And he was like, nope, they're coming. They're coming. I promise (laughs) as soon as they're ready, we'll let you know. And I told him, I said, there's such a demand for tomatoes because this was not a good year for people growing them. Mm-hmm. I said, you could up your prices a little bit if you wanted to. I said, it's a supply and demand thing. This is how it works. Yeah. And he says, I really don't want to do it this year. And I said, Uh-oh. okay, why? And he said, because of inflation. He said, people are squeaking with money right now. He said, there's just there's just not enough money to go around right now with inflation right. being so high. He said, if we can keep the price at, at what it was last year, at least people will have good tomatoes to can for the winter or to make sauce or to have in their salads. Mm-hmm. They'll buy I them. I love that. That's and, I love that. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not being greedy. I'm just saying <laughs> that you could if you wanted to. And he said, no. He said, you're the least greedy person I know. He right. said, but he said, we don't need to up the prices, so let's not. Right. And I said, okay, it, it's your baby. You're the one who grows them. And so I, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And supposedly inflation is slowing down, so hopefully <laughs> a lot of people, but it's, right. it's been a rough, it's been a rough year. 2023 was not the easiest year ever. And right. uh, I don't see 2024 being easy for other reasons so 
I don't yeah, know. You I, just... When I reopened um, last March, I was kind of surprised at how much the cost of my ingredients had gone up over the mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah, it was, yeah, kind of sticker shock there. <laughs> yeah, um, my husband made cinnamon rolls um, back in November. I think it was November. And he took some of them into work with him for his coworkers. And everybody was like, these are great. Where'd you get these? And he said, I made them because he's mm-hmm. the bread baker in the house. And uh, they were like, oh, well, feel free to bring them in wherever you want. And he was <laughs> like, yeah, once a year. <laughs> and they said, why? And he said, because it's expensive to make them. Right. And they were like, yeah. how much could it cost? And he said, <laughs> these eight cinnamon rolls, about 20 bucks. Wow. And they were like, really? He said, yeah. He said, oh. think about what goes into it. Eggs and butter and flour and whatever else was in them. Mm-hmm. And, he, and that doesn't even count the powdered sugar for the glaze that my wife made to put over the top. Right. He said, to make a, to make a pan of cinnamon rolls costs us about 30 35 dollars mm-hmm. and they had no idea how much the ingredients add up to because you can't just go buy exactly the amount of right. butter and sugar you need right and they were like oh wow and my husband was like yeah so i'll be happy <laughs> to bring in and share stuff that we make that we don't need to eat all of it but um, it's not going to be an every week occurrence. And they were like, okay. And my husband says, wait until my wife makes a tray of outrageous brownies. And <laughs> they are, they are $50 a tray. Mm-hmm. And of course they wanted to know why. And he said, because you have to use Baker's chocolate, the unsweetened kind, which is not cheap. You have to use six eggs. You have to use, I can't remember how much butter's in it, but it's a lot. He said, basically, they're heart attack on a plate brownies. And, <laughs> and the price reflects that it's it's expensive to make it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm sure after taking some time away from what you were doing, you were like, oh, things went up a lot. In they price. did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not easy doing baking from home because factories, factories that make baked goods number one they have automated systems which means that Mm -hmm. people aren't doing the work and they have deeper pockets than you or i could possibly ever hope to have right and and quantities and yes i was gonna say they they can buy in bulk which means that they get things at a a much better discount than you or i could ever get it and yeah i can go to sam's and buy a 25 pound bag of flour Mm-hmm. But I'm still not going to get the price that a fact a, a company will get, right? So it's it's a very different thing. I definitely rely on Sam's and Costco a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and we rely on our chickens for our eggs for mm-hmm. for stuff that we bake here. Um, I don't. I still have to find out. I don't know if it's legal to use your own chickens eggs for food that you're going to sell as a cottage food producer i have to i have to ask somebody 
I don't know yes. if they have to be pasteurized. I couldn't tell you that. Because no, <laughs> the, 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 uh, mm, I can't talk. The chickens, the girls have been working overtime this winter. We put a light in their coop so that they will lay mm-hmm. eggs. They and, like uh, they have been, they have been laying eggs. We've gotten 10 to 12 eggs a day, every day this winter. Wow. From, I think we have 18 chickens, I think. So some of them are taking a break, but, but enough of them are producing that we have far too many eggs and nobody seems to be interested in buying eggs right now, probably because it's January hmm. after Christmas and no one wants to eat big goods right now. Interesting. <laughs> So, yeah, we have a lot. We have a lot of eggs and half of them are probably going to be going in the trash sometime this week because they're they're close to being done. So, which breaks my heart. Those chickens work so hard to to produce these eggs and they're just going to go in the trash, but that's okay. All right. Well, um Christine, I really appreciate you chatting with me and um I still don't know that I will ever make vegan anything, but I think it is super cool that people buy your stuff and have no idea necessarily that it's vegan and they get told and they're like, no, that can't be vegan. Yeah, I love that. It's my day. (laughs) It's very funny. It makes me giggle. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. You have a great day. Well, thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye.